Yeah, the nice thing about technology is no limits. You can speak to anyone, even if they're right next to the beach, as in Bloberg Strand. This is ridiculous, I know. But uh, yeah, this, this, such is life, which is the reason why I'm speaking to Peter Gauss, who happens to be the worship coordinator from Helderberg Congregation in Somerset West, and his wife, Liane. Hello. How are you doing, guys? Hello, hello. <laughs> Um, Liane, I'm going to ask you to introduce this hubby of yours because he's now the guy who makes all the music, but you're the woman behind the guy. You've got the inside scoop. You've got the dirt. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us, introduce us to this guy of yours, Peter Gaus. He's from Malawi, born in Malawi, um, been a missionary family in Mozambique, back in South Africa, currently living in Cape Town. Um, you're such a God-fearing, God-loving, kind, compassionate human with one massive dream, and that's just to glorify God through his music. So, yeah, if I had drums, let's give it up for Peter. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Peter, if you, you couldn't have had a better intro than that. You can give a big fat chocolate yeah. after this, okay? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I couldn't really ask for a better intro. I wasn't sure that um, the person she was talking about for that one moment is that actually me. Ah. So, <laughs> but I really uh very keen on getting this this album out and talking about it and yeah so excited for this interview thank you so much okay let's go back to your whole malawi got born in malawi and missionary family does that mean your parents were missionaries and that's why you got born there yes so my parents grew up also in malawi like my mom actually and then they met on an outreach to mozambique my grandfather was actually the guy that started the Dutch Reformed Church in um, in Mozambique. So we've oh, got a co- quite a strong you know, connection with um, with Mozambique and with Malawi. And so there was at that time it was still in the war, and so there wasn't any good hospitals or so. So we actually had to drive through because we lived close to the border. We had to drive through um, to Malawi to ensure that I actually get born in a decent hospital or the most decent hospital that there is. And so we grew up um, on a on a missionary field. Yeah, that's that's what we knew. And, you know, um, very <laughs> I almost want to say primitive. You know, we stayed at a washing machine like it's the best <laughs> thing ever with me eventually. <laughs> um, so we, we, we went um, brought up in a, you know, like a city or whatever. So very primitive, but very privileged because we really saw God's hand from a young age, um, really providing and really coming through. Um, because it's so primitive and kind of one side, you know, there's, there's like one sided. There's not a, there's not a lot of uh, people living there. There's not like shopping malls or anything like that. You buy any, everything from the street. Um, you know, it's basically, as you would think of 50 years ago, um, that's how it was. Um, so it's, it's amazing to grow up that way because it's, it's very protective, very safe, and um, you appreciate the small things in life. Hmm, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm wondering, though, um, if you now grow up 
in a family that is overtly Christian, like the, it's the real thing. When you're missionaries, I'm sure that it's not just a culture of Christianity and everyone's Christian and therefore you're Christian kind of thing, that you, you see God's provision, you see God's hand in action. Does it make a difference in the way that you get to know him originally? I'm trying to figure out if you still have to get saved, if you're even born in a house like that. No, definitely. I think salvation is definitely a part of every person's journey we need to come to a place where we give our lives to the lord but i think to clarify it is that your relationship with christ is is so real because you grew up in a way that you know he was so evident and was so clear it's not like where is god kind of all these questions i think that a lot of people have these days because they it's a it's a matter of life and death it's not a matter of I need to believe more or if there's like a backup plan or it's literally, you know, if, if God doesn't intervene now, you know, that's the end. And so we saw that a lot. You know, we didn't, for example, have money for food. Um, we didn't have any sort of, yeah, we didn't have any sort of um, support as in if something would go wrong because it's so remote and you really have to rely on God. And trust God um, to pull through, and 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 you know, and he and he did every time he did. And so, growing up that way, uh, my relationship was, you know, from a young age, I seek the Lord because I also saw it in my parents, you know. And you you see the the Holy Spirit moving, you know. Um, you see um, demons being cast out. You see, you know, the Spirit of God moving in the church and and in the people. And really, like I say, it's a matter of life and death. So it's a re- really privileged, and um, I think from there on, you just want to build on that relationship. You don't want to ever want to move away from what you know is that's the source of life. It is the is the beginning and the end, as it, as Scripture says. You know, you want to stay as close to that as possible because you know that's where your your joy and your purpose and all of that comes from. Mm, I'm thinking it was because of the remoteness. And the isolation, you're in sort of a bubble. And so you've got your reality there, but then somehow you join civilization or where the lots of people yeah. are with the lots of opinions and all roads lead yeah. to Rome and they've got their own religion, whatever the God is. It's even daunting and threatening sometimes when everyone doesn't agree with you. So how did that happen? How did you then end up in Cape Town? And then what was the effect on your faith? So, um, my father, I think he came to a stage where, you know, he was really tired of all the corruption and all of the, because it gets worse. Um, I want to say if you move up in Africa, it's, it's just, um, it's, uh, you know, people exploit one another quite badly. Um, so that's why the gospel is also so much needed. Um, cause they're still in Mozambique. There's still areas that haven't heard the gospel. So. We came to a stage, especially my dad, where he's like, okay, um, you know, he, he wants to give his children also, I want to say, better opportunities in school, in sports and all of that. And he wants to also kind of just start something new in, in, in South Africa. So we moved to Stolbay, small place, Southern Cape, very cool, very safe, very nice. There's actually not a high school there. That's how small it is. And, um, we did the last few years of primary school there. We were in the hostel in high school. It was a lot of fun, you know, um, played rugby, did all of that. 
And then in my grade 11 year, we actually drove all the way with our car. Um, it was an old land cruiser all the way up to Israel. And um, my dad and my mom, as a, you know, they have this big passion for, for Israel and for Jerusalem as well. And, you know, just the, the godly city and just the beauty of, you know, all of the, all of the things that has happened there. And so I saw Israel and saw Jerusalem. And because I was, you know, moved by this, I decided also to go back. When I was done with school, I want to go back to, want to go back to Israel and just, you know, experience more of that. So I actually ended up staying there after school. Um, so this was after my matric year. I, I played soccer because I love soccer because of Mozambique. I um, always wanted to become actually a professional soccer player. So I played soccer there and I got involved in youth groups and churches and um, then came back, did a whole lot of ministry. And then, so it was almost like my gap year. And then Louis Bretz is also a very well-known, renowned Afrikaans gospel singer. He actually introduced us to um, PNX or what we call now um PNX Global, but it's actually pneumatics as the most people would know it. And I started studying there and it was, it was wonderful. So we ended up um, doing my three years of music and drama and, and dance training. And it was just a, an amazing journey. And I knew God also called me back to Cape Town specifically to come further my ministry year. I grew with it. I walked my journey with God and yes there were challenges but at the end of the day try to stick as close to scripture as possible and really allowing the voice of God the Holy Spirit to guide me in truth um, and and like that scripture says to be when you worship you must worship in spirit and in truth and so to be guided in spirit and in truth um, very important and so I always kind of pray these two prayers is that God, please make me sincere and, you know, make me upright. So make me true so that I know if I'm not in your will, if I'm not in your way, then you can change whatever, you know, let's say people has an opinion and it's not the truth. I won't believe it. Or if it is the truth and it must, I have to change my whole perspective then I'll be open for it. Tell me about the music. Because I'm not curious. I haven't heard the, oh, my word, I started writing my own music line anywhere in that whole story. <laughs> so where does the music feature? <laughs> so music has always been a big love of mine. I mean, I started playing guitar when I was eight, nine years old. Um, my parents, especially my dad, used to play guitar. My mom, a little bit of piano. And he basically put us down and said, listen, here are a few guitar chords and now I need, want you to work out your own songs. So play by <laughs> ear. Nice. So we did it. So we did all the, you know, old Afrikaans hymns and um, like vineyard music and, you know, like wild worship hits, all of those <laughs> crazy, cool, like legendary songs. And we literally just worked it out. And then when we heard something on our ear, like, um, Dad, I don't think you've taught us this chord because all the chords we've learned doesn't fit in to what we're trying to put here. It doesn't work. And so eventually, just furthered my music, played in church, um, started writing secular songs, actually, when I went through a bad breakup. 
<laughs> um, in grade eight. Um, and, you know, so dramatic, but, you know, you start writing music and um, eventually started writing worship songs because obviously all focus changed. Um, I, my, my love for Christ also really deepened in my matric year as I really made a commitment to say every day I want to spend time with him and not, you know, just do the religion thing. I want to have a living relationship. And so from there on, I just started writing music more and more and more and refined it. And when I started studying at Pneumatics and PNX Global, um, just continued in that. I mean, took composition classes, took oral classes. You know, I took extra instruments, for example, started playing piano, um, started playing bass guitar, you know, drums, all of that. So, yeah, by now I can play seven instruments, um, obviously some way better than others, and just been ever growing and opening myself up and following influential people that I think, you know, makes beautiful anointed music and really just put it to my own pen and say, okay, God, what's on your heart? What do you want me to write about? What do I put to this paper and the melody and all of that? So I really believe my music has been inspired through, through the heart of God. The thing about creating your own music is such a lot has been created so far. And to do something that's actually unique, that, that God has put in you, that doesn't sound like anyone else, that's a daunting thing. And especially then when you got to pneumatics, um, BNX, and you, and you bring your stuff to the table, and you actually have classes where people teach you how to write a better song. Um, yeah. You you sort of have to compare yourself to everyone around you, but still try to not sound like anyone around you. Is that is that a whole difficult Definitely. process for you? <laughs> yeah, I I think I think also with the you know because I mean I know so many worship songs. I I started leading worship when I was sixteen years old in my congregation. You know, we we had a youth band, and so. There's so much influence in terms of your own musicality and what you prefer and, you know, what's beautiful to you and what you like. And then you get to, you know, like music theory and rules that, that works kind of thing, you know. And sometimes we think in terms of creativity, you know, think outside the box. But a lot of times actually being restrained, say write a song with three chords, let's say, and, you know, in with this is your tempo, this is your beats per minute, um, I want a verse, chorus, and a bridge, actually helps you to refine and tune your skills so that what you want to bring to the table is good and you're satisfied with it. And I think that's what helped with the classes, with the teaching you to say, okay, what makes you different? What makes you not like any other person? And why is your music going to be good? So with everything that I've mentioned is you write from your, out of a writer's perspective, I write from my experiences. I write from my struggles. I really try and write from the love and the passion and, you know, the zest and the zeal I have for God. With that being said, I'm also ever growing and opening myself up for opportunities to say, okay, how can I refine my and improve my guitar, my piano? So 
all those classes, all those music theories, all those things, they contribute to making you as as excellent as you possibly can be. And I think that's the one thing I've really tried and, and done. I, I'll take every opportunity as long as it pushes me forward and makes me better. Okay, well, you're going to release, well, you're going to record a CD soon. And that's a very uh, exciting route to do. It's an exciting journey. Um, lots to look forward to. And people can, can get involved with that. If people want to connect with you, how do they do that? So my name is Peter Ho. So you can either follow me on Facebook. I'll be the guy with <laughs> with um, a guitar in my hand. So I know there are other Peter Ho's as well. Or at Peter B. Ho's. So um, on Instagram um, and then on YouTube, I've released quite a few videos and all of that. And I'm different in the sense of <laughs> I haven't released any Afrikaans music or made videos of Afrikaans music. Um, so you won't get confused by the other people uploading random, <laughs> random music videos. Um, but they can get involved in that way or they can go on Back a Buddy um, where all my info is at and the plan of action and all of that. And um, they can just search for that worship, worship album fundraiser. They can also search for that as well and they are all my details and i that's my thing i don't i want everybody that wants to be involved to to get involved either through prayer or support or just telling friends just supporting my music subscribing to my channel um popping me a message whatever it is yeah just want to share my music with the whole world and then you also have a little bit of music to share with us today something that's well it's not an official recording is it no, it's it's a recording I've made about seven years ago, um, and I was in my third year and my final year, and I just wanted to record something of my, one of the original songs I wrote. Um, and so, yeah, um, it, it's not the actual final product, but it gives you a good idea. And the song that I'm actually sharing is one of the songs that I believe is going to going to really be kind of the song of the album and also has the potential to go international. So I'm very excited for that. And the name of the song? It's Take Me, but it's also, it's kind of a slash name to There's No One Like You Got. So the chorus that sings that. 